Welcome to the Next Steps Bible Reading Podcast. I'm Greg Whiting, reading from the One Year Chronological Bible, and today's reading is for April 21st. Abner joins forces with David, 2 Samuel 3, 6-21. During the war between the house of Saul and the house of David, Abner had been strengthening his own position in the house of Saul. Now Saul had had a concubine named Rizpah, daughter of Aiah, and Ishbosheth said to Abner, Why did you sleep with my father's concubine? Abner was very angry because of what Ishbosheth said. So he answered, Am I dog's head on Judah's side? This very day I'm loyal to the house of your father Saul and to his family and friends. I haven't handed you over to David. Yet now you accuse me of an offense involving this woman? May God deal with Abner, be it ever so severely, if I do not do for David what the Lord promised him on oath, and transfer the kingdom from the house of Saul, and establish David's throne over Israel and Judah from Dan to Beersheba. Ishbosheth did not dare to say another word to Abner, because he was afraid of him. Then Abner sent messengers on his behalf to say to David, Whose land is it? Make an agreement with me, and I will help you bring all Israel over to you. Good, said David, I will make an agreement with you. But I demand one thing of you, do not come into my presence unless you bring Michael, daughter of Saul, with you when you come to see me. Then David sent messengers to Ishbosheth, son of Saul, demanding, Give me my wife Michael, whom I betrothed to myself for the price of a hundred Philistine foreskins. So Ishbosheth gave orders and had her taken away from her husband, Paltiel, son of Laish. Her husband, however, went with her, weeping behind her all the way to Bahurim. Then Abner said to him, Go back home. So he went back. Abner conferred with the elders of Israel and said, For some time you've wanted to make David your king, now do it. For the Lord promised David, By my servant David I will rescue my people Israel from the hand of the Philistines and from the hand of all their enemies. Abner also spoke to the Benjamites in person. Then he went to Hebron to tell David everything that Israel and the whole tribe of Benjamin wanted to do. When Abner, who had twenty men with him, came to David at Hebron, David prepared a feast for him and his men. Then Abner said to David, let me go at once and assemble all Israel for my lord the king, so that they may make a covenant with you, and that you may rule over all that your heart desires. So David sent Abner away, and he went in peace. Joab murders Abner, 2 Samuel 3, 22-30. Just then David's men and Joab returned from a raid and brought with them a great deal of plunder. But Abner was no longer with David in Hebron because David had sent him away and he had gone in peace. When Joab and all the soldiers with him arrived, he was told that Abner, son of Ner, had come to the king, and that the king had sent him away, and that he had gone in peace. So Joab went to the king and said, What have you done? Look, Abner came to you. Why did you let him go? Now he's gone. You know Abner, son of Ner. He came to deceive you and observe your movements and find out everything you're doing. Joab then left David and sent messengers after Abner, and they brought him back from the cistern at Sirah. But David did not know it. Now, when Abner returned to Hebron, Joab took him aside into an inner chamber as if to speak with him privately, and there to avenge the blood of his brother Asahel. Joab stabbed him in the stomach, and he died. Later, when David heard about this, he said, I and my kingdom are forever innocent before the Lord concerning the blood of Abner, son of Ner. May his blood fall on the head of Joab and on his whole family. May Joab's family never be without someone who is a running sore or leprosy or who leans on a crutch or who falls by the sword or who lacks food. What a curse, huh? Joab and his brother Abishai murdered Abner because he had killed their brother Asahel in the battle of Gibeon. David mourns Abner's death, 2 Samuel 3, 31-39. 
Then David said to Joab and all the people with him, Tear your clothes and put on sackcloth and walk in mourning in front of Abner. King David himself walked behind the bier. They buried Abner in Hebron, and the king wept aloud at Abner's tomb. All the people wept also. The king sang this lament for Abner. Should Abner have died as the lawless die? Your hands were not bound, your feet were not fettered. You fell as one falls before the wicked. And all the people wept over him again. Then they all came and urged David to eat something while it was still day. But David took an oath, saying, May God deal with me, be it ever so severely, if I taste bread or anything else before the sun sets. All the people took note and were pleased. Indeed, everything the kid, king did pleased them. So on that day, all the people there and all Israel knew that the king had no part in the murder of Abner, son of Ner. Then the king said to his men, Do you not realize that a commander and a great man has fallen in Israel this day? And today, though I am the anointed king, I am weak, and these sons of Zeroah are too strong for me. May the Lord repay the evildoer according to his evil deeds. The murder of Ishbosheth, 2 Samuel 4, 1-3. When Ishbosheth, son of Saul, heard that Abner had died in Hebron, he lost courage and all Israel became alarmed. Now Saul's son had two men who were leaders of raiding bands. One was named Banna and the other Rechab. They were sons of Rimon the Barathite from the tribe of Benjamin. Barath is considered part of Benjamin because the people of Barath fled to Gideon and have resided there as foreigners to this day. 2 Samuel 4, 5-12 Now Rechab and Bana, the sons of Rimon the Barathite, set out for the house of Ishbosheth, and they arrived there in the heat of the day while he was taking his noonday rest. They went into the inner part of the house as if to get some wheat, and they stabbed him in the stomach. Then Rechab and his brother Bana slipped away. They had gone into the house when he was lying on his bed in the bedroom. After they stabbed and killed him, they cut off his head. Taking it with them, they traveled all night by way of the Arabah. They brought the head of Ishbosheth to David at Hebron and said to the king, Here is the head of Ishbosheth, son of Saul, your enemy, who tried to kill you. This day the Lord has avenged my lord the king against Saul and his offspring. David answered Rechab and his brother Bana, the sons of Rimon, the Barathite, As surely as the Lord lives, who has delivered me out of every trouble? When someone told me Saul is dead and thought he was bringing good news, I seized him and put him to death in Ziklag. That was the reward I gave him for his news. How much more, when wicked men have killed an innocent man in his own house and on his own bed, should I not now demand his blood from your hand and rid the earth of you? So David gave an order to his men and they killed them. They cut off their hands and feet and hung the bodies by the pool in Hebron. But they took the head of Ishbosheth and buried it in Abner's tomb at Hebron. That's the end of the reading for April 21st. Shorter reading today. Uh, lots of killing going on here. So you've got, uh, you've got Abner joining forces with David to try to bring all Israel under his command. You've got Joab then murdering Abner. Uh, David mourning his death. And then Ishbosheth getting murdered, them coming to David thinking, oh, look what I've done. I'm going to be rewarded. And he says, no, nope, wrong. And he kills them, um, cuts their hands and feet off, feet off, hangs them, their bodies by a pool, and then buries the head of Ishbosheth. I mean, what, what do we, you know, take away from this? I mean, you've got the underlying uh, theme that God is in control of all this, right? But you've also got the sinfulness of man. Uh, and I don't think David's completely innocent in all of this either. You've got uh, pride, you've got power, 
You've got people killing other people, people who were enemies, um, not necessarily in the line of battle that God had called them to, uh, but just killing to get revenge for themselves. And you have David then uh, seemingly doing, you know, what is right by saying that's not okay to do that. What do we take away from this? The thing that comes to my mind for my devotional reading today is to remember that even when I'm reading this story, these true stories, there are things that I think should happen, and yet they don't happen that way. People that I think should die that don't die. People that I think should be spared that aren't spared. People acting in ways that don't seem consistent. And it's a reminder to me that I have a certain amount of days on this earth. I don't know when those days are going to end. People die needlessly, it seems like. People are killed, and I wonder why is that allowed? And then people are allowed to live and prosper, it seems, for a time, when I wonder why they're not taken down. But it's a good reminder for me that God has appointed a time for me to live and to die. And I have this moment, regardless of how I die, and whether it's justified or not as far as what other people do, uh, this is my moment, this is my time to honor God. He decides who lives and who dies and when that happens. Instead of being morbid about it or fearful of it, I can take the opportunity to say, I want to live my life today for him. And Father, that's my commitment to you today. I want to live for you. I want your spirit to, to help me to know what pleases you today. I want to honor you. I want to honor life. And may you be pleased. In Jesus' name, amen.